Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom. Welcome back to another episode of the Mama's New Strong Podcast. And today is going to be a special episode. I'm going to be something or doing something different that I've never done before. And I'm going to be sharing some more personal things with you. What I'm going to start doing is every month at the end of the month, I'm going to do what I'm calling right now a takeaway episode where I'm going to share with you just my learnings, discoveries, um, and things of the past month. And I think what this would is going to do is get you to know me better. Um, I don't really share that much personal things about myself, but also in a way that's going to help you because thinking, I was thinking about what has helped, what helps me the most and what way do I learn the most, right? Of course, trial and error, but if we could take away that whole experimenting trial and error thing, it would be learning from other people's experiences, right? Because that that's part of the whole trial and error thing um, is like learning through somebody else's experience, right? Through their own trials and errors. And I'm constantly learning things. I'm constantly tweaking things. I'm constantly using myself basically as a guinea pig. Um, that's how it's been since the beginning of my journey. And personally, I've just learned to love that approach. And I think that by me sharing what I'm going through and how I'm going through it will give you some insight on maybe how to approach that for yourself. And I think it'd be fun for us to get to know each other a little bit more. Maybe um, in return, you can share how this is helping you and uh, more about yourself as well. You can always email me, Jess at Mama's New Strong. Uh, yeah, Jess at mamasnewstrong.com or hit me up on social media and let me know what you think. So let me just also kind of give you an idea of how I'm going to approach this. Um, It doesn't really have a rhyme or reason right now, but I am going to give you a a snippet of like what I'm going to talk about before I talk about it. And I've really kind of thought about as far as health and fitness goes and then also kind of tying a little bit about my personal life, things that will get you to you know, get to know me more, but in a way that I think could help you and make you or give you other things that you can learn about, not just about health and fitness, because as you're going to tell, I do have other aspects that I'm really big into, um, like holistic health. So you're going to hear a lot about that too. So this um, this month's takeaways, I'm going to talk about the Enneagram and what that is and how it has really helped me to understand myself and not only that, but my husband and possibly improve our relationship. Um, I'm going to talk about my struggle with anxiety, um, changing my workout routine, also taking up more clients in the gym and what that's been looking like, uh, foam rolling, uh, something that's really been impactful for me and people that I've been talking to, my clients lately, um, 
kind of what are my goals right now for fitness. I'm going to talk about this thing that I bought this past month called a grounding mat and how I think that is helping, um, really helping my inflammation as well as my husband's. And then also I'm going to talk a little bit about Legoland because <laughs> my kids had been bothering me for months ever saw, since they saw this video of Legoland in California that they wanted to go. And I was going to, and so we went to the one that was in Grapevine near Dallas. And I'm going to tell you if it's a, a yay or a nay, what my recommendations are on that. So let's go ahead and just dive right in. Um, and the first thing I wanted to talk about is the Enneagram. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, it is a personality type um, system. You know, you might be familiar with Myers-Briggs. That's one of the biggest personality type um, things that you can like figure out your personality. But by, And by the way, I am an introverted, intuitive feeling uh, perceiving. That is my, my, just, <laughs> just to give you an idea. But this is kind of a little different in the sense that this is based on like ancient wisdom and even a religion kind of comes into it over throughout time. It, the Enneagram really, you can trace it back all the way to Babylonian time. It's, so it's not something new. It's, it seems like it, I've been hearing more about it lately, and I think that's what kind of sparked my interest, and i kind of known about it for a while, but never really looked into it, and honestly, I love learning about myself and how I function and personality types and all that. That stuff intrigues the hell out of me. I love astrology, once again, going back to personalities, and by the way, I'm a Pisces, um, so, that, so that was like, okay, this is like totally up my alley, but what I didn't think... What, what took me by surprise was how much it is freaking accurate. Like if you are somebody that does is into zodiacs, as most people know what zodiacs are, right? And you think that is accurate? Oh my gosh, like the Instagram will freaking blow your mind. And what it has done is really helped me to understand myself and the way I am and <laughs> the way I function and just to kind of let you in on like how I am personality wise and my biggest probably one of the biggest struggles I have over my whole life is managing my emotions being a very highly emotional person in the sense where I have realized that my spectrum of emotion and how I feel it is way more intense than most people so like my highs are really high and my lows are really low and I do go through phases of being extremely happy and and then being depressive. And for the, since I I started realizing this more like around puberty where it's kind of hit me um, and started this started really seeing these patterns and I didn't know what to think of it. So for the longest time, you know, I was depressed for over 10 years and it started around the time I was like 13, 14. And the biggest question of my depression was always what is wrong with me like why am I like this I seriously thought and as and until I kind of saw the Enneagram honestly that was still kind of a thought in my head that there was something fundamentally wrong with me like I was just born flawed or something like something doesn't work right in my brain like because of the way that I process emotions and the way that I feel and I've just over time I've learned like it's just really different from how other people are. So I really shy away from sharing myself with other people because I can come off as very strong in my emotions. And, you know, if if I ever get to really know you and I open up and I really say what's on my mind, like it might scare other people. <laughs> 
this sounds horrible, right? But it's just, I, I just function at a really deep level as far as emotions. So anyways, um, the Enneagram explained, okay, by the way, I'm an Enneagram four. So there's nine different personality types. So I'm a four. And when I started reading about it, it was like me to a T and it explained that fours are like that. Like the way that I view the world, like the way that I was explaining things right now to you is exactly like a classic four personality type. So what that has helped me to realize is like, oh, there's other people that are like me. (laughs) And that turns out that the type four is not a very uh, popular type. So there's not like, it's not like the one that has the most people in it or whatever, but it just was comforting to know like, oh wait, maybe there isn't something fundamentally like wrong with me. That's just my personality type. And that's just how I process it. And that's okay. And it's actually helping me to understand myself more where I can see that when it's happening and those, those holes that I kind of tend to put myself in and be like, okay, this is just, just because this is normally just how you function, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. We're not going to be judgmental about it. And we're going to move on because like I said, I will tend to go into these periods of just being where I just want to, I go within. And that's like that personality type. When I was reading about it, it's like, that's what we do. Um, we, we withdraw, um, and we try to go in and we try to make sense of how we're feeling because we're feeling so intense and strongly and trying to rationalize it and realizing like, and then by doing that, it's actually just this vicious cycle because you never really get an answer because we just, it is what it is, right? You know, and, and identifying and not identifying with emotions as being who I am because I do struggle with that. Like I struggle if I'm feeling an emotion, it's like, that's who I am in this moment. It's like, no, emotions come and go that's not who you are you're just feeling that at that time and that's where I kind of get in this stuck in this hole and so you'll notice if you really follow me on social media I do this I go through phases where I'm posting a lot and then I go through a withdrawal period and I just want to be kind of alone in a sense or you know I just go in this reflection period of like and why am I feeling this way and going back to when I was depressed like that's a lot of it is I would be feeling all these emotions so strongly but nothing ever happened it's not like I had a bad childhood right it's like I was like why am I feeling so dark all the time like my thoughts and my emotions you know and then it would be I would beat myself and up and put myself into more shame because it's like I have no reason to feel this way. It's not like something so dramatic happened to me that I have a reason to feel like that. And then that's when I started with think like, okay, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my brain. There's something wrong with my function because I have no reason to be feeling these strong emotions. But now learning what I learned from the Enneagram and that that's just part of my personality type that we are the probably, I think from my understanding the Enneagram so far, like the most in-depth, the most like dramatic as far as emotions, like we just feel everything so intensely. So a lot of the Enneagram fours are, are like poets and artistic type people, people that are just like kind of in this dark space. And that's where, and they use creativity as an outlet to express their emotions and feelings that they're feeling. Um, so that's been, like I said, very helpful. And then what's also been and actually you know what I'm gonna read to you one thing real quick that I think would explain me like perfectly in the sense of like this was like an aha moment for me because it says 
As soon as forests devote themselves to a search for self by withdrawing from life, they are going in the wrong direction. They must become convinced that the direct self for a uh, search for self is a temp- temptation which leads into despair. And by overcoming the, the temptation to withdraw from life to search for themselves, they will not only save themselves from their own destructiveness. I was like, that is so me. They will be able to bring something beautiful and good to existence. So what I have taken away from that is going forward on being more aware that that's just my tendency to do that withdrawal that I'm going to not allow myself to get out of a touch with reality. And one of the things that I started doing lately and has, I think has been helpful is, um, I took, I've taken more clients on at the gym. So I have more training clients and it just happened. And I feel like this is me and my woo-woo. I'm going to like, you're going to get to know me a lot when I do these takeaways because I'm just going to be very personal with you guys um, is I believe in fate. I believe things happen in our life for a reason. So I'm the type of person that if I get stuck in traffic, I in my head will think, okay, thank you. Because probably if I didn't get stuck in traffic, something bad was going to happen. Like I was going to wreck somewhere else or, you know, that's just the way my brain functions. So I always feel like even though there's something negative happening, or I might not see it as something positive that is happening for me. So I believe life happens for me, the universe is working for me versus against me. And that's how I choose to see life. And so when I noticed I was recently going through this like withdrawal period, I can feel like that feeling of like kind of depressiveness and that it tends to happen like right before my period. Um, and those kind of emotions, right? And it comes with my PMS. And then that's about the time I noticed uh, more people were inquiring like to do personal training with me in the gym. And I'm talking like an influx. Like I've got, uh, I've gained like maybe four new clients in the past couple of weeks. Um, and so I was like, oh, thank you, universe. Like you're working for me because that is getting me out. That's making sure that I stay in touch with reality and I don't get so boggled in my mind, like go like withdrawing in and then overanalyzing, overthinking things, making banking things a lot more dramatic than they are in my life. Um, so I've really, really enjoyed that having more clients that I'm taking on at the gym. So I've been pretty busy with that lately. And another thing that has been very helpful is understanding my husband's personality type. So me and my husband are complete opposites on the zodiac sign. So he's a Taurus. I'm a Pisces. I'm all the signs in one. I'm just a crazy person. I get it. <laughs> like that's how I feel sometimes. And he's the bull. Hence, he's strong-willed. He's very down to earth. He's not like as in, he's not as, like me. I'm intuitive. I'm very attached with my feelings. I'm very in tune with vibrations and feelings from even other people. I know it sounds weird, but I can feel things from people. So that's another part of me. My withdrawing is sometimes being around people a lot, especially if they have negativity. I will. It'll drain me because I like absorb that negativity. Um, my husband's the opposite. He is very practical, realistic, um, no bullshit, no Philly touchy. He doesn't do crying. He is like literally the opposite of me. So what does that mean? <laughs> we clash a lot. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think life brought I, life brought him into my life to teach me a lesson and to help me stay grounded. And that's how I truly feel about it. And though um, it's 
to be completely honest, things can be very challenging between us because we see things so differently. And he is a Taurus and he's bullheaded and he's strongheaded. And when I'm trying to like even explain my emotions, like he just really doesn't get it. So it's but at the same time, because he doesn't play into my being highly emotional at times. And it's funny because I say highly emotional, but I'm not like hysterically crying. Like it's not like that. It's just I can I just feel like mm, like I just feel intensely about things like I can overanalyze and overtake things. And I will sulk in that. Not that I'm and that's another thing I'm really bad about not outwardly expressing my emotions I'll bottle it all up and I'll just sit there and internalize it so like he's I'm not crying in front of him but I'm feeling all that inside of me um just to point it out there so I'm not like like a hysterical crying person all the time so anyways the Enneagram has really helped me to understand him and how he thinks because for a while it would feel like an attack whenever he would not welcome my emotions or he wouldn't be so open to him, you know, and then learning more about how he functions. He works, he works, he's a type eight and it's like explains him to a T and it's like, wow, okay, I get it. Like, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm processing how I am and I'm processing how he is and putting it into context and to the point where like coming to acceptance, like he is the way he is and he's not doing it to be mean to me or he's not doing it to like hurt my feelings you know so anyways if you have not looked into the Instagram and what you are I highly highly recommend it I'm gonna put a link in the notes um I think it's called the institute the Instagram institute or something along the lines of that you can take an online test it's only ten dollars but I recommend taking that test because it's very thorough it really explains a lot as far as whenever you get your report and all that and then the book that I've been reading that I've been finding very helpful is personality types by Russ Hudson and Russ Hudson's one of the main um, people in the whole Instagram um, community so I'll link that as well his book and there's like another book that I got that I uh, from him that I thought was pretty interesting and helpful so I know I kind of spent a lot of time on that but I it has really um, helped me right now and I just felt like um, that would really explain me too and just wanted to kind of throw out there. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is kind of tying in since we're talking about emotions and all that is um, anxiety, something that I used to not really deal with that much. I, I mean, depression's not new to me, but the anxiety thing I feel like in the past year or so has been happening more often. And uh, for no, like it doesn't even seem like I have a reason to, I just feel it. But anyways, what I wanted to bring up is a couple of things that I feel that if you have anxiety, this is something I've found that has helped me um, with mine and I've noticed a difference is one is is caffeine. Um, so caffeine has a link to anxiety. It can increase it. It can make it worse. My husband actually has social anxiety, so he has to go through periods of like not drinking coffee like and then he can he'll drink it a little bit but he still has to watch how much he drinks because it does increase his anxiety for him his social anxiety and then also testosterone placement therapy so if you guys didn't know which actually y'all don't because I've never talked about it before is I get replacement their uh, hormone replacement therapy I get pellets there at the it's called BioT and I get um, testosterone so this happened about a year ago um, I knew my husband was low in testosterone I just he was having a lot of the same the symptoms of low testosterone in men so 
Um, I had did like a home hormone test. It came back that his was low. So we, I took him to a doctor and they were, the, and while I was there, so he's getting this hormone replacement therapy I'm talking about right now. And she's like, well, what about you? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my Lyme levels checked. Let's just see. And then it turns out my testosterone was really low. It was at a 20 when it should be around a 70. And I looked it up and that's like the equivalent, I think, to um, like a 50-year-old woman. So yeah, my testosterone's really low. So I went ahead and did the hormone replacement therapy and I got off of it for a while when I was going through the breast implant illness stuff. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get it done again. So I got it done like two weeks ago and I can ready feel like I'm feeling better. So I think that that has something to do with it. I looked it up and sure enough, low testosterone can um, cause anxiety. So I think that's been pretty helpful for me. I also like that it gives me more energy and who it, and also me, you know, somebody that is always trying to gain muscle, you know, low testosterone is definitely not going to help me in that. So that's always going to, that's nice too, to know that that's going to help me with my goals as well. And speaking of working out, I've actually changed up my workout routine and I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about workout routines in general. So I'm going to share with you what my workout routine routine looks like right now. Um, keep in mind that I've been working out consistently for a while, especially with weights. It's been like three plus years of actually doing the right things, <laughs> you know? Um, and so you wouldn't, if you're just starting out, this wouldn't be something for you to do, but I am going to speak about, um, training new people and meeting people where their fitness levels are and how I program them. I think that would be really something you'd want to hear. And it's also going to tie into talking about some of the new clients that I've taken on and how does that look like for me as a personal trainer and like how I think it would be interesting to share with y'all when somebody comes in, where do I start them from? Because everybody starts differently. Now, I don't have like the same routine that I just throw everybody through. Like that would be pointless in, in me being a personal trainer, right? And people pay for that customization and it wouldn't do them any good. So for me, let me just tell you what I'm doing right now. So I am doing a body split routine. I used to do when I first started really lifting weights in the gym a little over three years ago is I would do the typical, what they call a bro body split. So that is breaking up all your body parts into um, into the week. So you hit each body part really hard one time a week. Does that make sense? So you're only working out that body part once a week and you're just like to max intensity. And I thought, okay, this is the way that you gain muscle. Started doing more research. This is about the time I'm doing my personal training cert and then started realizing, oh shit, like, no, this is not the best, most optimal way to gain muscle and get fit. So the reason being is because your body, so when you do a workout, you know, protein synthesis happens for your body's recovering basically for about 48 hours after your workout and protein synthesis is part of that. And that's the process of, you know, repairing and rebuilding your muscle that process after. So once you exercise is stimulated for up to 48 hours. Now, the more you exercise, the more efficient your body gets at that repair process. So actually the lower the amount of time that that takes place, but about 48 hours is, is accurate. So it doesn't make sense to only stimulate 
stimulate that or uh, to create that stimulus one time a week, right? Like it doesn't make sense to hit one body part only one time a week when in 48 hours you can hit that body part again, body part again and re-stimulate uh, re um, the protein synthesis and the whole repair and rebuild process, right? So right now what I'm doing is actually a two two uh, body part split. So what that means is I'm hitting every body part twice a week. And so when I do, and oh, actually, I'm not going to jump the gun. Um, let me explain what I'm doing. And then I'll tell you what I do with new clients. So I'm doing it. I'm doing everything twice a week. So what does that look like? Monday, I'm doing legs and shoulders. Tuesdays, I'm doing chest and tries. Wednesdays, I'm doing back and buys. And then Thursday, I'm doing... Um, what am I doing Thursday? Oh yeah, legs, shoulders, and tries, and then Friday this is back thighs and chest. And um, the two day, the, so the first day that I hit that body part, I I do hit it harder. So I'm looking at rep ranges of 10, 8, 6, 4. And then on the second time that I hit that body part in the week, then I'm doing a little bit lighter, I mean heavier. Oh, heavier, lighter. Like, <laughs> I mean, all tongue tied. Um, I'm doing lighter reps. So that's looking like 12 to 15 reps per set, you know? And so the reason being is because I'm going to hammer that body part at the beginning of the week, but you know what? I'm not going to do that again, <laughs> right? So I'm going to still stick within a body. Um, so anything 12 and below is is considered your muscle building rep ranges. So, so I'm still staying within that rep range by being at 12, right? So that's the approach that I'm taking right now, but that is not the approach that I take with new clients. That's something that I would do with somebody that's more advanced that's been working with me for about two years. I do have a client that's been working with me for over a year and a half that's actually doing something similar to that. And she would probably be one of the only people, the only out of all the people that I'm training, she would be the only one that I would do that with right now. And it's because she's just at that level and she has progressed through what I'm about to share with you. So for example, when I first saw her, we're doing things that are completely different. So when somebody first sees me, I do an assessment. I do a physical assessment, see where they're at. I, you know, have them do some basically just like a fitness assessment. I want to see how you move. I want to see, especially like your squat can say a lot about if you have any muscle imbalances and things like that. So we'll, we'll do all that and I'll, I'll assess where their fitness is. And most of the time, beginning level, right? So there's a, still a variation of beginning level, but pretty much everybody's beginning level. So I usually see those people I prefer to see them two times a week. And so what we do is we do body, uh, full body workouts and I like to see them in days that are not consistent. So like Tuesday and Thursday or Wednesday or Monday and Wednesday, you know, where they have that little rest, that day in between of rest and we do full body workouts. And I always start people off with 12 to 15 reps, we don't do have we don't do have you right out the gate fast, right? I want them to learn the motion, the technique, um, making sure that they're getting that mind to body muscle connection and really feeling it how they're going to be feeling it because you know, there's, that's another thing too, whenever you first start working out. And I didn't realize this at first when I did as well is you can go online, you can look at a video, right? And you can mimic that video, that motion that they're going through for that exercise. But it doesn't, what really matters is, are you feeling it where you're supposed to be feeling it? You know, are you having that connection? Are you contracting that muscle in the way that you should? Are you feeling it where you should? So a good example of that is say, bench, right? Doing a chest press. 
the way that your elbows are, so somebody can be essentially look like they're doing it correctly, right? But considering where your elbows are, you could actually be putting, feeling it more in your shoulder and putting more pressure on your shoulder, um, which for one, you're not getting what you should be getting out of that exercise, right? You should be feeling that solely in your chest. Um, but also that can lead to an injury, shoulder injuries, knee injuries, very common injuries for overused and for lifting and things like that. So so by that's something that I work through and a lot of times like for example a beginner will not know that you you probably don't even know that if you're not somebody that's an avid lifter and it is so that's really important and why it's so good to like work with the trainer first get all the techniques understand where you're supposed to be filling it and how and not and then you kind of go off on your own and that's always my intent and, and I tell my clients that like yes I have somebody that's been with me for a year and a half she's probably out of everybody that been with she's made the most gains of course, because she's been the most consistent and most dedicated um, towards like continuing her her learning and growth, right? But you know, my, ideally, I I want people to be able to do on their own, right? I want I don't want them to depend on me all the time. I want them to come in. I want them to learn something. I want them to walk away with something, and I want them to know how to progress that. And so, like I've, what really irks me is when somebody comes to me, and I'll, I'll be like, "Oh, have you ever worked with the personal trainer before?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay, so what did you do with that personal trainer?" And they tell me that personal trainer made them do cardio, and it just ugh, it just really irks me. I won't tell them that because I don't want to make them feel like they wasted their money but you know what and I tell them like you're gonna you do your cardio on your own a lot of times I won't even do abs that much with somebody I might show them run them through it but if you know you don't need me to sit there and watch you do freaking cardio like that's not helping you learn anything you know I want you to learn something so every time I try to every time a new client comes to me and I try to make the workout different as in showing them new exercises every time they come in and we always I have a a way and a rhyme of how I do things and it's intentional so another thing when I work with somebody first off most people have one side that's stronger and one side that's weaker duh it makes sense right like you're most dominant in one side than the other if you're right-handed your right side is more dominant than your left side right so what one way to help that in strength training is the only way to do correct that over time that will balance itself out so I make people use dumbbells. Why? Is because dumbbells, they're two separate objects and that left side that is weaker is forced to have to do it, right? So for example, if you're using a barbell or even on machines, you're using both arms, right? You're using both hands. Your right side that's stronger will compensate. It's natural. Your body enduring is struggling for strength. It will compensate by using what is stronger, right? So when you do dumbbells, you're forcing that left to have to do the equal same amount of, of work as the right. So that's another thing when I first start work with people, we use a lot of dumbbells, and we ha- and we're always progressing. I always have a mind map in my head of how I want this person to progress. It looks the same as far as everybody as in the progression path, but what's different is where that person starts. And I have to assess that correctly based on what I see in the first couple of sessions of us working with. So I'm always tweaking things. I'm always having to work people through. Another thing that I will see a lot is people's squatting form is off. Um, a lot of the times their knee will cave in, right? You, it, you, 
uh, and this would be interesting if this is you and this happens actually a lot of people, majority of people that I start working with, their squat needs improvement because they have muscles and muscle imbalances. So you'll see the knee come in. And a lot of the time that's because your butt is weak, your glutes are weak and it's not helping. It's not stabilizing your um, knee. And then your inside that, that muscle on the inside of your leg is tight. So it's like pulling your knee inward. And one thing that people don't realize that actually is pretty helpful is those people, if the, if especially if it's really bad, I'll put a resistant, like one of those mini resistant bands around their, right above their knees, and I'll make them squat with that. And you would think like that resistance right there would p- make the problem worse, like bringing their knees in, but it doesn't. It actually forces them to activate their glutes, which stabilizes the knee. Okay, so see, that's just a, like I'm, I'm sharing with you some of my little like tips and things that I do with clients. And that's just some that's just a few of the things that when you go to a personal trainer that knows what they're doing, not saying I know everything, guys, because I'd be completely honest. I'm learning new stuff all the time. I actually have a client that is a certified person, or I don't think he's certified anymore, but what is was a personal trainer, very knowledgeable guy. He was, I think, a nurse in the army. So he's like, when he talks about body parts and he like knows all the muscles, it's a little intimidating, I'll be honest, because I don't know all that stuff off the top of my head or have it completely memorized. But you know, what was it? What was the point I was trying to make? Um, you know, even oh, that I don't know everything. So when I first started working with him. And he told me, yeah, I used to be a personal trainer and he's explaining his injuries in full depth and he's like very knowledgeable. And I'm like, oh shit, like <laughs> it was intimidating. I was a little, ner- I'll be completely honest, I was nervous. I even asked him like, why do you need me to train you? And he's like, well, for accountability. I need somebody to keep me accountable. And that, for one, I was like, made me put, put into perspective of how much just having somebody there to work out with you means a lot to people. And that's one way that a personal trainer is amazing, right? Um, so that was the first thing. And then for two, learning that that kind of ease thing. So he's prob- he's my easiest client because he has great form. And I just help him hold him accountable. And it's a, it's a pretty enjoyable workout session. So, but the thing being is like, I don't know everything and I'm always learning and I'm okay with that. And I actually like that because that means that there's always something new to learn. Um, and there's a lot of things like there's always new science coming out. So I'll learn something and it probably or it might not be true in a year because science changes and you have to be open and minded to the fact that the things that you learn, those principles, those, those science-based things could possibly change in the future. And always that's one good when you are in a field, I believe, like in health or like like me, personal training, nutrition, things like that, to always be learning and always staying on top of things because things change in that field. Because like I said, just science and advancements in those in in that. So with um, that being said, the next thing I wanted to talk about is foam rolling. Um, this is something that's been really interesting to me lately, something I started doing, actually taking seriously a few months ago. I would do it every once in a while, whatever, but I have lower back pain, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what it was. Um, we thought, well, I say we, like me and the chiro- me and my chiropractor, was, were at first we thought, oh, it's a bulging disc wasn't that. So then now thinking like it's a, um, an old injury, tailbone injury. And I'm going to share something that's really embarrassing, <laughs> very personal. But when I was in college, 
we had, I had a housewarming party and I had too many Everclear, Everclear Jello shots, too many keg stands and got really drunk and I fell on my ass and I pretty sure I broke my tailbone the next day. I couldn't walk, went to the doctor, didn't have insurance at the time. And he's like, well, he's like, I'm thinking you broke your tailbone, but there's nothing we can do about it anyways. You're just going to have to sit on a donut. Do you still want x-rays? And I'm like, why do I want to have x-rays for something that you can't even really help me for anyways? It's just going to, I guess, state the obvious, right? So anyways, that was in 2009 and wow, yeah, 10 years ago. And I don't understand why that all of a sudden, because this is started about a year ago, this, this whole lower back issue. I don't understand how that's, becoming a problem now when I never had any issues with that after it healed. So I, I'm thinking it's something different. It's like trying to figure that out. So foam rolling, bringing that back in, um, I started doing that and it's given me relief. It hasn't made the lower pain back pain go away. Um, no, that's, I'm actually going to the chiropractor next week to talk to him about that. So we can start figuring out more about that. Cause now I can feel like my hip is grinding and pop is, yeah, I'm just, it's a mess, but I'm stubborn. I'm still squatting and everything like that. But the foam rolling has really helped me because it just, it alleviates that, ten, that pain and that tension. And it might not be all day, but for a while it does. So it's helping somehow. And so that's got me really interested in foam rolling and corrective movement because for one, I want to be lifting till I die, <laughs> essentially. So I've got to take care of my body. It's something that's actually really bothering me right now is that I don't know what it is and I don't want to make it necessarily worse. I want to do things to um, fix that issue, which is why I actually just signed up like literally 30 minutes ago because they were having a really good deal on NASM. Well, if you don't know, that's where I got my personal training certification is through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, very highly uh, recognized. And I have every two years, I have to re-get certified. I have to do continuing education. And I decided that my continuing education for this time around is going to be corrective exercise. So I just signed up for a correctional exercise uh, exercise certification to add on to my credentials. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So I'm hoping that will tie in because what I'm seeing is that's, that's so important. I don't know why I saw that when I was younger because I guess I thought I was going to be like, I, I was like invincible. I was never going to have injuries or be prone to injuries from, but you know, I, I push my body and I, I've been lifting heavy for the past three years. So it just makes sense that that's going to kind of catch up with me. And, you know, to put in perspective, I'm 32. So I'm not old, but I'm not young either. And I need to start taking care of my body correctly. So I start sharing foam rolling with other people at the gym and my clients because it has helped me and they have come back. Like I've explained, they don't even know what it is when I first tell them they're like wait what what's fun rolling so I explain it to them I tell them how to I tell them go on Amazon because I'm an Amazonaholic I tell people to like buy everything on Amazon because I do I buy even toilet paper on Amazon and I'm not ashamed of it because <laughs> I hate going to Walmart um but anyway, so I've been telling people about it, explaining how to do it so they get it they do it and then they come back to me and they're like mind blown life is like awesome, right? It's made, uh, it's really has helped them. I have one client that she's always had back pain. And since me and her have worked together, she's never been able to touch her toes and she's very, and she's fit too. So she started, I taught her how to foam roll. She went home and did it. The next day she came back and she was just like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. 
I don't have any more back pain. Like she had upper back pain. And I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, I don't have any upper back pain. I've always had it. I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then, and then she started doing it. And then a week later, she's like, look, I can touch my toes. And I was like, okay, so you're just, you were really tight, you know? And that's that one client that she's been with me for a year and a half. And she's, you know, she works out a lot. And so now I'm just like telling everybody about formally, like it's like the next best thing. <laughs> and I, I've really enjoyed it and trying to learn more about what it does and, and what it is about. So I think I need to do an episode on all that. I would like to probably do an episode and we'll do an episode on that. And then I'll get guys, keep you updated on what I learned through my corrective exercise for certification. But, um, that's kind of, just wanted to explain to that. that's kind of the direction I feel like I'm going in with my personal training is that I really want to have that aspect down. So when I do coach people that I can see the the patterns because we do, we all have muscles that are overactive and underactive, meaning tight and not that um, strong. And that's creating imbalances, muscle. So we have these muscle bounces. And a lot of times also our posture is shitty. And we're always like slashed over in front of a computer or on a phone. Like we just don't have you know, the greatest posture. And I want to learn how to correct that through exercise to help not people only help them to get more out of their exercise. So for example, foam rolling and improving, it helps to improve your mobility, which is actually going to help you in your workouts to get more out of that workout. Because if you are not doing a full range of motion through an exercise, so for example, a squat, if you cannot do a full range of motion through a squat, then you are leaving progress on the table. You're not activating everything fully and getting the most out of that exercise. So foam really can help to improve your mobility so that you can do a better, fuller range of motion throughout your exercise, activate more muscle, and hence you're going to get more bang for your buck in return on that exercise. That makes sense. So I I just understand like really coming and learning this. And I'm like, I have been a personal trainer now for almost three years. And this is now like kind of becoming a big thing for me. So like I said, there's always something to learn, always something to progress into. The next thing I wanted to talk about is my fitness goals. Just kind of share that personally with you guys a while back, like maybe maybe a month ago, I was like, man, I really want to drop my body fat. And I really want to try to get six pack abs again, which I haven't had in a while since like a year after Millie was born. And then I decided that margaritas and uh, chips and salsa were more important in my life. (laughs) So I usually always stay, uh, I usually stay around 22% body fat. It's kind of 22, 23. That's where I feel like my set point is and that's really easy and comfortable for me to maintain and I still look fit but I don't I, I and I have ab definition but it's not like really like it's not really good ab definition it's just like the side abs like a little four pack but uh, um, but it's not really like that full definition so I was like okay I'm gonna shoot for that and I'm gonna try to drop my body fat to about 18 19 because that's um, where I would think I would probably start to really see that those abs and I think I'm right now I'm teeter tottering on if I still care about that or not. And I wanted to share this with you guys because this is how I gauge my goals too. All right. So if you follow me on Instagram, I deem myself a a self-love fitness coach. And this is where this plays into it. So this is my perspective on the whole self-love when it comes to fitness that 
you can love yourself, right? You Because self-love is fully accepting yourself unconditionally that you are worthy right now to be loved no matter what you look like or anything like that. So yes, I, I love myself in that sense, right? But you, it's still okay to love where you're at, but want to see where you can challenge yourself, where you want to see how you can better yourself, right? But you're always doing it with an intention of self-love. So the difference for me is I'm not working towards lowering my body fat because I hate the way I look or I'm trying to punish myself. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm completely fine and I love myself the way I am. But it's for me to challenge myself and push, see what the my body is capable of. To me, honoring myself and is, you know, in this lifetime is is pushing and seeing what my body is capable of doing because I know it's amazing and cap- or it's capable of amazing things. I want to see where that boundary is, but I'm always going to do it in a place that self-love. So if that means that I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to start getting um, obsessive about food and I'm having to really restrict my food and lower my calories to the point where I don't think that it's healthy or mentally, physically or mentally healthy, I'm going to drop a goal, just straight being. And this is the reason why I won't probably ever compete in a bikini or figure competition or bodybuilding is because of this reason right here, because you have to do unhealthy things to your body to reach those levels of low body fat for a woman. It's actually very unhealthy. Sorry, Millie just walked in the room with her tablet. Millie, can you turn down your tablet, baby? So yeah, so I won't do that because to me, that's not something that's loving to myself. So that's just the way that I approach, the way I approach fitness, the way that I see goals and things like that. And so I wanted to share that with you so that you could see the perspective. And so if I don't reach that goal, does that mean I'm any less worthy, any less pretty or I don't know, it, it just any less. I'm not. No, it doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that I don't. I <laughs> that I don't should not be loved any less. Right. So that's my goal right now. If I reach it, I reach it. If not, no biggie to me because I'm fine the way I am. It's just let me see what I can do. Right. Like let me challenge myself. And that's kind of the goal that I've set for myself. Um, do I feel like I'm on that goal? I feel like I've made a little progress. But to be honest. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, like once again, going back to chips and salsa, I just had chips and salsa last night, but that's where I also have to find that balance is if it were like to reach that goal, I might have to give up like the weekend fun meals, right? With my family. And I don't know if I'm willing to do that right now. So I'm still kind of figuring that out for myself. So like I said, this is always, I'm always in a process of learning and growing and expanding within myself. I don't think you ever fully arrive somewhere. So I don't ever think this is a destination. I don't think fitness, health, um, anything is a destination um, is a destination that you have ever arrived. It's always a journey. Like you reach milestones, but it's like, okay, what's the next step? Like what's the next thing in this journey? And you're always evolving. And you might have learned that I'm really big on that whole growth thing. And that's one of my biggest core values in my life and it's just if you've never really thought about what your core values are I'm not going to talk too much about this but understanding what matters the most to you in your life what are your core values you can like google this to like get a better idea of it but one of my core values is growth and knowledge like that's a big part of my life and that's a big part of what makes me fulfilled 
be feel fulfilled when we're not living in alignment with what our core values are in life that's when we start to get a lot of the negative emotions and we start to feel lost we feel like we're not getting anywhere we feel accomplished we feel you know all those negative things so if you're feeling like that that might be something to look into is really uh, analyzing your life and am I making my core values a priority am I in alignment with what I really believe I should be you know, what, where, what really matters in this life, right? There might be that disconnect. So the next thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, I'm almost done. I know this is a little bit longer than my usual episodes, but I'm trying to fit everything, like my biggest takeaways from the past month. Now, grounding mats, that is something I wanted to really talk about because I do feel like it has made a difference in me, for me and my husband. So you're probably like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I love podcasts. I listen to all kinds of podcasts, a lot, a lot of stuff also in holistic health. Now, I've heard of grounding before. It's not anything new that I haven't heard about, but I did, haven't heard, I did, hadn't heard this before. It actually scientifically explained how it works. And I was listening and it freaking blew my mind. And I immediately went after that podcast and ordered a grounding mat to put on our bed. So what the heck is grounding? I'm going to just kind of explain a little bit, but you can go off and do your own. But grounding or earthing, it's the same thing, is grounding your body to the surface of the earth. When you are in conductive contact with the earth, it's natural, gentle, electrical energy stabilizes your body's bioelectrical systems. So this grounding mat it acts like the earth. It grounds you, like literally, like electri- like electrically <laughs> grounds you. And, you know, I didn't realize how big of an effect that this has on our life. You know, a lot of the times we used to walk barefooted, right? And then in the 1960s, we came out with rubber shoes and, um, you know, that kind of disconnected us from the ground and the ground actually ground like literally grounds us by by electrons and I didn't I mean I understand that and everything but I didn't realize what the effect it could have in our body but it has a really big effect on inflammation and inflammation is like the biggest leading cause of disease like that's what triggers disease so I'm going to read to you a little bit about how this earthing works and so it says, I'm reading off of a website. So to put it simply, it's it's thought that the influx of free electrons from the Earth's, Earth's surface helps to neutralize free radicals and reduce both acute and chronic inflammation and accelerated aging. So if you're not really familiar, free radicals are like things that are damaging. Like, you know, if there's smoke, somebody's smoking next to you, you know, there's, you're getting these free radicals, these things that are damaging and inflammatory to our bodies. And we're all, you know, we all know that like eating more berries, like there's these anti-inflammatory foods, right? You've heard that before because they have antioxidants. Well, earthing is like getting antioxidants from the earth like it's really interesting and it all goes back to how like inflammation works in your body and I'll go ahead and tag that podcast episode because he really explains into detail on scientific in a science way of like 
how the immune system works and how earthing and these free these free electrons negative electrons that earthing gives us how they interact and they calm down the inflammation and how if your body does not have those free electrons from the earth that it actually will cause more chronic inflammation because it has to get that from healthy cells to neutralize the inflammation that's already hap- that's already happening but by doing that then it causes more inflammation it just causes this um inflammational cycle right and if if you're familiar with how um oh gosh what uh oh god <laughs> i just had it on the tip of my tongue i was about to say that condition autoimmune conditions sorry i just just having a brain fart so autoimmune conditions right it's your body's immune system attacking itself and essentially that happens because you had inflammation in your body or in your body's attacking like sending the free the the white cells out and it's attacking that right but over time of it constantly under attack of something it just starts attacking the whole it starts not the whole body it'll start attacking something specific it'll start attacking its own body so you know depending on what autoimmune condition you have is what area of the body that it decided to attack on itself and which is really interesting so when he was talking and I don't know if it was this podcast or another because I've listened to a couple with him on there and he's like the founder of earthing which his name is uh Clinton Ober and he and they flat out asked him like do you think that this like do you know or think this would cure autoimmune? And he's like, oh yeah, I know it does because I've seen it. And I'm just like, whoa, like that boggled and blew my mind that it can be that powerful by helping us to, you know, reduce this inflammation. So anyways, it, it has a lot of other better benef- uh, other benefits as well, like a deeper sleep. And that's the one thing that I have noticed personally from it is I have, I have sleep issues, um, not too bad. Like I'll just wake up throughout the night and then I go back to sleep. Part of it is also because Kaysen, who's five, and yes, I know this is also embarrassing to admit as a mom because this is like total mom failure, right? No, I'm just kidding. This is not mom failure. Um, he's five years old and he's still in the middle of the night, comes and sleeps in her bed. He always goes to sleep in his own bed, but majority of the time he will end up in our bed because he's scared. And so that wakes me up. And then also I get really hot when I sleep and he's like sleeping next to a freaking heater. I don't know why this boy is like so hot. And so anyways, that it was is constantly waking me up. But I've noticed once we put the grounding mat and we have that on our bed, it's really easy to set up. And then we um, plug it into the wall that I sleep better. And in the mornings, I feel better. Actually, I might not want to get out of bed. Like I kind of feel like it has such a calming effect that I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. But once I do get out of bed, then I'm actually feel a lot better than I did before. I actually feel more awake and like recharged. Like I got, a, I guess I got a better sleep, right? And then for my husband, what he noticed is he has le- he has less information like visible because he would wake up and his feet would be swollen or he could like feel achy in like his hands, like just like a swollen feeling like and that's inflammation. And he the first night that he slept on it, the next day he texts me at work and he's like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. He's like, I don't have I mean, I feel better because he would get out of bed and his feet would hurt because they're they were kind of swollen. And he doesn't get that anymore. And he says he's been sleeping better too. So, you know, and it's kind of weird because you don't know. At first, we're like, is it working? Like, how do you know it's on? Because <laughs> it's not like it has a light or anything. Like, you just plug it in and it's supposed to be on. So I kind of did, we kind of did this little experiment where I unplugged it and I laid on the bed, see what it felt like. And then I plugged it in to see if I could feel a difference 
right? And just being very aware of that, like really laying really still, really trying to like be in tune with what I'm feeling. And you can actually feel like a slight, uh, it's like a calming, like, pulsate not a pulsating I don't know because he said to him it feels like it's like almost like a a light pulse to me I can kind of see what he's saying but it's more of a calming effect I don't know it's it's really interesting so anyways I do believe it works (laughs) I do recommend getting one they're kind of expensive I think the mat for ours because it's a double and we have a king size was around 200 I think but um totally worth it I think for us it has been good and the only thing I want to say is I'm going to link to um also where I got it from because the thing is when it comes to holistic health this is why holistic health gets a bad rep some of these these gadgets is because people make knockoff ones and so if you're going on Amazon and you're buying this kind of stuff it's you're gonna probably get one that doesn't work correctly and he even the guy even explained that how his are different how his work it's actually based on like science I mean and also the earthing thing you can look it up guys there's actual studies done on this it's not woo woo it's there's there's truth to it um, and anyway, so just linking that. So if you're really interested in getting one, also there's, he sells like a mat and you can put it and that's the next thing I'm going to get. So I can put it like under my desk or why I'm watching TV or whatever the case may be. And the mat's only $50. So it's not too bad. And it's a small mat you can put your feet on. And then he also has where you can buy, and that might be my next purchase after that. It's like this set of patches, like you can put them, like stick them onto you and this little machine and it's sending you those uh, free electrons. It's grounding you. And it's really good to put that on injuries. Like if you have an injured place, it'll help to accelerate recovery and inflammation for that injured area. So anyway, it's a really interesting stuff. And I think when it comes, like I said, I love holistic stuff. I actually, I'll be completely honest, guys, like, I'm not the type of girl, like, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. I actually spend most of my money on books, on um, supplements, like, natural supplements, not, like, fitness supplements. I hardly have anything. I don't go into, like, a GNC. I don't go into fitness nutrition stores. Most of the shit that's in there is crap anyways, filled with artificial stuff or just stuff you don't really need that's not really shown to, like, really, like, in a clinical setting not really shown to improve anything a lot of the that's where you have to be careful that's like a whole nother thing supplements I can get on the whole soapbox on a lot of them are worthless right the only thing I take is I take away protein sometimes I take creatine because that's been actually shown to help improve um, muscle gains but really that's that's it so anyways what I was just saying is I'm the type of person that that's what I spend my money on so uh, I don't, I rather do that and then spend my money on clothes, you know, <laughs> and if you see me at the gym, like I wear the same pair of, I have one pair, I buy myself one pair of tennis shoes and I wear them for a year. So if you've noticed in the gym, I have one pair of Nikes that I've worn for the past year. I actually just ordered some new shoes. I actually splurged a little, ordered some no bull. If you ever heard of no bull, um, I ordered some of their shoes to try out for this year. So they're more like CrossFit. They're, and that's another thing. I'm very picky about shoes that I wear for strength training. I will not wear a running shoe for strength training. They're not made for that. They're too cushiony. You need something that has a harder sole, something that's flatter. So like Converse are actually good. That's the only other pairs of shoes I wear to the gym. Um, but anyways, just a side note on me. So if you ever want to get me a gift, <laughs> just kidding. Gifts aren't my love languages if you're familiar with love languages. But gift-wise, 
that's what I like. <laughs> I like books and I like holistic stuff and like things that are going to help improve my health or things that are going to expand my mind in some way. So that is me. Oh yeah, Legoland. Real quick, because it's already coming up to an hour and I didn't intention to make this go for an hour, but took the kids, kids to Legoland in Dallas. And was it a yay or a nay? I think it depends on the age of your kids. It's a little pricey and it was $70 with some coupons for all four of us to get in. My husband, myself, my daughter, my son. Um, they freaking loved it. They had a blast. We were in there for like three hours probably two and a half, three hours. But the, but if you have a kid that's more than or older than eight years old, I think it's going to not hold their attention. It's more for like younger kids. So like the rides are, pre, are really kiddish. They have a play area, really cool like play area. But it's like I said, it's just more geared for the younger kids. So if you do have a kid that likes Legos, that's younger than seven years old, like I highly recommend you take it, um, take them. And if you order the tickets online, you get a discount. Like you get them cheaper, just like, you know, than versus like walking up and paying for them. So if you decide to go, I'm not sure if it's like that with all of them. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. I actually really enjoyed doing this episode um, and sharing more about myself and kind of opening up. I don't really do that <laughs> that much. So it's kind of funny how I don't really do that in person one-on-one but yet I'm doing that like on a mass public level (laughs) through my podcast but I feel like you guys get me I feel like the type of people that I attract to this podcast I have a lot in common with and that's why I attract them and I feel like like I said I going back to me and how I see things I feel like we attract people that are on the same frequency or the same energy as us and so yeah so I'm pretty sure you probably resonated with something I said today and if there is anything you want to learn more about that I talked about in here then just like I said I'm always willing to talk like just hit me up on social media mom is a new strong you can email me at Jess. Um, Jess at mamasthenewstrong.com or, you know, leave me a review and let me know what you thought and let me know if you like enjoy this so I can start. I'm like I said, I'm probably going to start doing it anyways every month, but it'd be good to know what you think about this. So I'm going to leave you with that. And for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. Bye. I'll see you in next week's episode. Hey mom, are you struggling to consistently eat healthy? Are you doing good like the beginning of the week until about Wednesday, Thursday hits and then you'll just completely fall off track and you're just really struggling on how to make healthy living a part of your busy mom life? Well, I got something really amazing and it's free to share with you and I put together a three-part video series where I share three secrets on how I consistently eat healthy year-round and not only that, but these things are tried and true. I've shared them with my clients and it's worked for them, so that means more than likely it's going to work for you. So if you're interested in grabbing that three-part video series, like I said, absolutely free. Just go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets.